Welcome to the Modern Medicine Movement Podcast with Dr. Thomas Hemingway. Have you ever looked in the mirror and said to yourself, I thought I'd be healthier, in better shape, feel better both physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, and be further along in my life? If so, come on this journey with my dad as he explores all things health and wellness from a holistic, medical perspective, even as a classically trained physician. He'll share integrative strategies to optimize health and inspire you to join the modern medicine movement. Welcome, 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 and a big aloha. Dr. Thomas Hemingway here. Super pumped, super grateful to be with you for another episode of the Modern Medicine Movement podcast. Oh my gosh, guys, it's been crazy crazy few weeks lately. I missed last week's uh, podcast because we were out traveling and just lots going on. And prior to that, I broke my arm. And so it's just been, it's been hectic. It's been a crazy few weeks. And we were actually supposed to be uh, back in Hawaii. Um, but when I broke my arm, it just didn't make a lot of sense because I can't work with a broken arm. I can't surf with a broken arm. <laughs> it was like, uh, well, maybe we'll just stay on the mainland USA and enjoy some of the beautiful winter weather and that beautiful white stuff that we like to get into and play because apparently I can still do that with a broken arm for the most part. Anyway, <laughs> oh guys, what a what a beautiful day it is. I'm trying to get a little bit of vitamin D right now. It's sunny outside, but we're anticipating crazy weather for the next week. And so if you don't hear from me, we might be without power. We might be without internet. Who knows what could happen? There's a crazy snowstorm coming in. So we might just be stuck, snowed in for the next week. But super pumped about that, pumped about just being with you for another episode. It's going to be awesome. I just uh, want to thank you for tuning in. If you haven't already, please, 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 please leave me a review. Apple Podcasts is a great place to do it. That's uh, one of the most common platforms, and it just helps the show get more visibility and get out there to more people. So if you've already done so, thank you, thank you. And for the many that have not, I know there's thousands of you out there. Please click on the star farthest to the right for the five stars and then the little link right below that to the left. That's a little box with a little pencil coming out the top. And just write me a review. Tell me what you're liking, what you've enjoyed. Uh, super pumped to hear those. That's what keeps me going. So thank you in advance for that. Please write a review, share, 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 and like the podcast with your friends, family, relatives, those you care about, because as you know, the information here can and will change your life because I always put in a bunch of pearls that are easy to do. They don't take a laundry list. They don't take, you know, lots of notes note uh, keeping skills you know they're they're basic stuff that can help us so much with our health our vitality our energy <laughs> so thank you for sharing thank you for joining my group the modern medicine movement health and wellness facebook group where i will let you know first for each and every new release of the podcast we'll do some questions and answers i'll try to get on there live once a week um should be doing more of that lately since i can't go to work since i broke my arm i'm going to be working from home like most of you, just writing and, and researching and studying and hopefully sharing lots of that with you. So thank you. Thank you for being here. Let's get into it. <laughs> Today's topic, I think you guys are going to enjoy because it's one of those things that I don't think we stop 
and think about enough because we just sort of assume that these things are already being looked out for and that we couldn't possibly be getting exposed to very mental toxins, very many toxins or other bad chemicals out there. And yet, there's so many things that we are exposed to on a daily basis that are significantly hazardous to our health. Some even carcinogenic or cancer-causing. Others are are environmental um, toxins that can basically cause all kinds of endocrine and hormonal issues. There's just so many things out there that that we have to be alert to and aware of and then avoid them because (laughs) they are super common. And if we don't look for them, guess what? As the adage goes, we don't often find them. We don't actually realize that they're even there. And although ignorance is sometimes bliss, (laughs) I think that a lot of these things, as you learn about them, you will want to try to avoid so you can be healthier, your kids can be healthier, your family and friends, and you can be around longer So you can not only enjoy your life during the here and now, but you'll be around (laughs) and and be available to your kids and your grandkids, hopefully, and maybe even great-grandkids. That's what I'm hoping for, and I hope that for you, too. So without further ado, let's get into it. We're going to talk about environmental toxins that are all around us, all around us. Literally, there's chemicals out there. There's pollutants in the air. There's actually chemicals in food that are known to cause everything from hormonal problems, the so-called endocrine disruptors, the carcinogens or the cancer-causing, and all sorts of others in between. You know, things like heavy metals and, and other environmental toxins that can cause increased incidences of all kinds of diseases, everything from autism to Alzheimer's, other dementias, Parkinson's, all kinds of things that we may have been exposed to throughout our lives. And we may still be getting exposed to these things on a daily basis in some cases. So so the more you know, (laughs) the more proactive you can be, not only in your home and around your home, but in your communities in your you know neighborhood, in your world, because it's important to be aware of these things and then avoid them. <laughs> so let's get into it. Let's get into a couple of the super common ones that are out there. And uh, let's just get into um, some that we may not think about as often. Um, these are going to be ones that, that can be found in a lot of the things we can be exposed to, like skin, products, deodorants, um, I think cosmetics, things that we don't always even think about because we're not necessarily eating them. So let's talk about these first. Um, some common chemicals out there that are hazardous. <laughs> the first one of these is oxybenzone, Z-O-N-E, oxybenzone. And it's a chemical found in many cosmetics, things like sunscreens, lip balms, moisturizers, you know, all kinds of skin creams. It's um, been known to be a common cause of disruption of, of hormones. It can cause low birth weight uh, babies. It It's actually super duper, duper, duper common. In fact, uh, when studies have been done, just looking at the prevalence, how common it is in people here in the U.S. of A, up to 97% of us have this oxybenzone in our urine. (laughs) 
And so this is not a good thing. This is unfortunately one of those that I think most people don't even know about until we start looking at those super long ingredients lists of a lot of those common products that we use in our homes, things from the skincare products to the lip balms, the sunscreens. In fact, for me, I literally had to throw out almost all of the sunscreens that I had because there's so much crap in sunscreen. And oxybenzone is one of those things. And um, like I said, it's found in many moisturizers, skincare products, sunscreens, lip balms. You know, we don't want to be putting this hazardous chemical on our bodies. And it's super, super common. So for me, this and other chemicals um, that are found in skincare and, and often cosmetics, I had to really start looking for because I didn't really pay attention to this sort of thing before. And uh, what I found is that there are, thankfully, some good good uh, manufacturers out there who are actually producing good, clean, you know, uh, products that don't have a lot of these chemicals in them for us to use. And we just got to look a little harder. You know, they might be a little bit more expensive. Like, I don't know, a few weeks ago, um, <laughs> we decided that it was time. I think my son even came to me first and said, hey, dad, I... I want to maybe start using deodorant. And I was like, well, uh, that's cool. Yeah, I get it. But let's make sure we can find one that is not only safe for you to use, but is not, you know, going to be containing all these nasty endocrine disruptors and other toxic chemicals. And, you know, 90% of what you find on the shelf of your local supermarket, um, you know, type store are going to be cosmetics and, you know, skincare, deodorants, things like that, that are unfortunately not as safe as they could be and can be pretty (laughs) damaging and can have literally not only one or two or three, but dozens of harmful chemicals. And so uh, we looked around and um, I kind of told them my secret, what I use, and a friend of mine shared this with me years ago, is just uh, instead of using, you know, a standard deodorant or whatever, I just use uh, baking soda. Um, because it's basically uh, safe. It doesn't have a bunch of chemicals. It just has one. <laughs> and it uh, is a natural deodorizer, right? The same reason we put this stuff in our refrigerators. The only kind of annoying thing is it's a little bit messy, um, you know, but uh, at least not going to kill me. So I, I use that. There are a couple of uh, safe, you know, deodorants out there. I'm not promoting any of them, but just read the labels. Um, you can find them. They might be a touch more expensive, but I will tell you it is worth it. So oxybenzones, look out for them and avoid them. Another one is the parabens. And I think these, a lot of us have heard of a little bit more commonly and a lot of the cosmetics, we look for those that are paraben free, which is great. A paraben is a, basically a synthetic, uh, chemically derived preservative that is often found in different skin creams, moisturizers, hair care, shaving products. The list goes on and on and on. Fortunately, in sunscreens, I don't know if I mentioned that, but paraben-free um, cosmetics are available. Um, they also are hormone and endocrine disruptors. They can even be cancer-causing potentially. So we got to be careful. You know, the FDA is not necessarily in our corner. They say, well, you know, in cosmetics, it's a lower level. It's probably safe. But you know what? There's plenty of paraben-free products out there. So why not try to just avoid them? Avoid them. I would. (laughs) Anything that's potentially carcinogenic or cancer-causing, I would try to avoid. (laughs) Not good. Not good. 
Another um, one of those things that we don't often think about as much would be the phthalates. That's P-H, <laughs> T-H. It's a funky word, P-H-T-H-A-L-A-T-E-S. And they're found in basically almost all plastic type products. Everything from things like plastic wrap, Tupperwares, plastic bottles, you know, just you name it. Any plastic that's out there in toys, whatever, it's probably got the phthalates in them, P-H-T-H-A-L-A-T-E-S, and they are common endocrine disruptors. You know, it's it's one of those love-hate things, right? Because plastic gives us so many conveniences, but yet it's not awesome. Not only um, are there potentially these uh, phthalates in them, but many of us are familiar with the BPA and BP. Um, uh, B and all the other constituents of the BPA, uh, biophosphophenols, um, that are out there that are commonly found in plastic bottles and the lining of cans. And, and those are getting a lot more press uh, recently, which is awesome. So just look for always containers that are BPA-free. Also the canned goods that you may buy if you buy beans from time to time like we do, incorporate into chilies and things like that. Um, we often have to look hard to make sure there's no BPA in the lining of those cans. Um, if you can get well-sourced beans and then just uh, pressure cook them yourselves like my sister-in-law does, that's awesome as well. I'm um, um, not, I don't have a pressure cooker and I'm not patient enough for that yet, but I'll probably get there. <laughs> so once in a while when we make chili, we'll have to look for, you know, the BPA-free cans because many of us know that BPA is not awesome, and neither are these phthalates because they can be common endocrine disruptors. They can have an estrogenic effect, a hormonal effect, which can do everything from be potentially carcinogenic and cancer-causing. It can also reduce sperm counts in dudes. Um, you know, some of the phthalates have been banned, which is great. Um, probably more of them should be, um, but it's definitely on the radar um, of many governments um, for some reason, the U.S. of A. doesn't ban as many chemicals as other European nations, and I think they really should. But, you know, it's politics, man. It's, it's politics. You know, probably the same reason why even to this day, you know, cancer-causing, mesothelioma-causing, asbestos is not even banned in this country. I mean, it's like, what the heck? There's no safe level of asbestos, yet it's not banned. Well, go figure. It's it's probably politics. But anyway, these plastics that are out there, you really have to be thinking about, you know, weighing in, you know, convenience versus, you know, safety. <laughs> because <laughs> plastics are not awesome. Um and what I've done recently to help, you know, decrease my BPA exposure, phthalate exposure, that sort of thing is I've tried to convert to basically glass. Um, and if we do still have some plastic uh, items around the house, I try to not microwave things in plastic because that just increases your exposure risk. Try to just use glass. You know, we used to have one of those plastic coverings that you could put over a plate so it doesn't you know, splat your spaghetti sauce or whatever it is all over the top of the microwave. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm in favor of, of covering it, but cover it with a glass, you know, um, covering other than a plastic covering. So they're a little bit more expensive. And yes, the kids could drop and break them, but uh, way better for your health. Try to convert to glass if and when at all possible. Reduce your plastic BPA and phthalate exposures. Um, just be careful because these things can mimic estrogen, as I said, and they can be endocrine disruptors. They can also, with their estrogenic-like effects, they can 
mess up the whole thyroid hormone pathway as well because they can kind of additionally bind with the thyroid receptor sometimes and, and be a little bit of a blocker there. And so they're kind of they're kind of a messy <laughs> endocrine disruptor and they're found in many, many plastics. But the BPA is the one you hear about mostly. Um, the phthalates are there as well. Um, not awesome stuff, not awesome stuff because they can lead to not only all these hormonal issues, but things like infertility. They can cause early onset of puberty in kids if they're exposed to too many plastics. They can even uh, cause or be related to increases in the incidence of certain cancers like prostate and breast cancer. As mentioned, they can lower the sperm production. They can lower testosterone levels. You know, not awesome. So BPA-free, please, please, please limit your plastic exposure because it can be in a lot of things. In fact, a lot of convenient stuff, right? Things like Tupperware and things like that. Try to convert, if at all possible, to glass. Um, one thing I didn't convert to glass is a glass baby bottle. I'm not quite sure how that would work, but uh, <laughs> at least do the BPA-free ones. You know, I still got one baby in the house, and we're probably about to get get off the bottle habit, you know, a couple times a day. But uh, until then, BPA-free plastics if you have to use them. Um, because it is such a ubiquitous exposure in many of us. And certainly, as mentioned, don't microwave um, with plastic containers. Don't put that Tupperware in the microwave. Use a glass protective covering. If you don't want to splatter stuff on the roof of your microwave, please use a glass one. Try to use glass. I mean, I've converted a lot of my um, like drinking bottles to glass. I just like glass. It's cleaner. You know, It's easier to clean. I can be more confident. That's when it's sort of sterilized in my dishwasher. I know glass is clean. It's just with young kids around, you know, they're going to break from time to time. So, so just be careful about that, you know, but uh, glass is much, 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 much safer. And, and while talking about that particular topic, you know, one of the things that's also a convenience, you know, plastics are way convenient, right? For so many things, but also our pans, right? This whole issue of Teflon that came out, you know, I don't know, 50 years ago that we, have put on the surface of so many of our cooking pans and things like that. It's just so nice, right, to not be able to uh, have so much trouble cleaning your pans, you know, after you cook on them and things like that. But it's it's not awesome. <laughs> it's not awesome. Teflon has lots of different chemicals in it. But the worst thing, if you do use Teflon, is don't throw your pan on there with no food or nothing in it just to heat it up because if you don't have anything on it and you're just heating it, all those chemicals are getting released into the environment that you're breathing. So, so don't do that. Um, I would recommend even going a step farther and trying to incorporate more cast iron uh, type cookware, which is way safer in the sense that you don't have this Teflon crap. But also, um, I find that it's it's kind of nice to cook uh, food in there, especially if you're using like you know a safe. Uh, oil like uh, avocado or butter or ghee, you know, tallow. These things actually work really well in cast iron pans. And some people will even benefit a little bit from the tiny amount of iron you get <laughs> when cooking food in them because uh, iron deficiency is anemia is one of the most common deficiencies worldwide. And I'm not promoting, you know, the use of cast iron cookware as a treatment for iron deficiency anemia, but in some people it might actually be slightly helpful in those that have 
you know, too much iron in their system, you know, not good. You, you should always know what your iron level is. So if you haven't got yours checked, uh, take a listen to my podcast on iron deficiency because you should know, you should know what it is. Um, and if you don't want, you know, because you have iron overload or you have too much iron, you can use a ceramic uh, cookware. And there's actually a really cool one that my wife just uh, showed me um, that she wants to get. And so I have that on the list for an upcoming gift for my wife because it's uh, pretty cool um, cookware and it's ceramic. So uh, benefits over over Teflon for sure is, is not full of chemicals. So anyway, like mentioned, overheated Teflon is not awesome. The fumes are readily inhaled. Um, they've been shown to even kill household birds, which is pretty interesting. If they're not good for household birds, they probably aren't good for you, right? Some of you guys may have heard of this thing called the Teflon flu, Uh, It can give you this kind of flu-like illness. Um, So, you know, try to use cast iron or ceramic, as mentioned. Um, Sorry, I digressed a little. I I don't know how we got on that, but I was (laughs) talking about, um, you know, the cosmetics and and things like that earlier, and I just wanted to, I had forgot to mention one of the common things that, uh, you know, both ladies and dudes do nowadays is they, color their hair, right? They dye their hair. And uh, (laughs) there's so many chemicals in those hair dyes that can be pretty harmful. And you got to be careful what they, you know, definitely read the ingredients. There's heavy metals often in these hair colorings. There's been studies that have linked people who regularly dye their hair as having a greater risk of cancer, such as non-Hodgkin's, which is a lymphoma that is not awesome. And it's not curable in a lot of people. Um, and it's just not awesome. And it's been linked to using too many hair dyes. And one of the chemicals to look for is the phenylene diamine, um, which is common, common, commonly found uh, in hair dyes. And there's also uh, lead acetates. There's other heavy metals that are often found. So just take a look at the labels. Look for the heavy metals. Look for the um, phenyl, uh, phenylene diamine as well as ammonia. Um, type concoction because they're they're bad (laughs) they're toxic they're toxic they're not good you know and so hair dyes are potentially um hazardous and problematic so make sure you understand the labels make sure to look for those that are consciously clean that are not going to have toxic chemicals in them and like i said many of those sneak in their heavy metals which is kind of funky um so you know why don't we just talk a little bit about heavy metals you know we've all heard about lead poisoning, right? This is one of the things I learned in medical school that was often found in kids that were eating paint chips, right? <laughs> Thankfully, um, nowadays, we generally don't use lead in our paint. But uh, if you live in a home that's older, it's still possible to find lead in paint chips, but uh, can be found in other places as well. Like I said, in the hair dyes, mercury is a heavy metal that you want to avoid. And honestly, um, I think many of us don't even think about it. And and when I was a kid, I was probably exposed to unhealthy mercury levels because we ate lots of canned tuna fish. You know, I think because it was cheap and my mom felt like it was healthy, you know, source of of protein and stuff like that. But uh, it's certainly been linked to mercury uh, poisoning in a lot of people. And um, those samples that I was reading about when they've done tests for it, lots of the canned tuna fish still has, you know, unsafe levels of mercury in it. And if you're eating tuna fish often, like literally in high school, I think I ate it every single day for lunch, 
you know, it can, it can be problematic. So if you think you might be at risk for mercury uh, toxicity, it can not only be found in, in the canned tuna fish, but a lot of the fish that are out there um, are contaminated with heavy metals. And it's just something that um, I think, you know, many of us know about, but we don't pay enough attention to the source of the fish that we're getting. And, and primarily because not only do they have heavy metals like mercury, but there are other um, not awesome uh, toxins, I could say, in, in farm-raised uh, fish as well. you got to be looking for these kinds of things. Another one is the polychlorinated uh, bisphenols, uh, biphenols, sorry, um, that can be potentially carcinogenic and they can cause brain uh, issues. Um, so polychlorinated biphenols are, are often found in farm-raised fish as well, in addition to the heavy metal issue, which is commonly mercury um, in fish, not only tuna fish, but a lot of the fish that is found. And I, I'm at risk for this because I love fish. <laughs> I love, 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 love fish. And you know what happens is the small fish that are in the mercury contaminated waters, they get eaten by the bigger fish. And I like to eat the bigger fish like ahi tuna, for example. Um, and so we just gotta be, we just gotta be aware. And if we love, love, love fish, you know, we should probably get our mercury levels checked every so often. You know, you guys may have heard about a really sort of famous case of mercury toxicity and, and Tony Robbins himself, he talks about this as a, you know, one of the things that he suffered from a couple of years ago, and he was like pretty darn sick. He was in a wheelchair, had no energy. He was having bleeding ulcers uh, from the mercury toxicity. And, and, you know, the dude loves to eat fish, and he just wasn't really aware <laughs> that he was getting mercury, mercury uh, poisoning. So definitely be aware. Use only wild-caught, well-sourced fish if you're going to use canned tuna be careful with it and make sure you know the mercury level and that you're getting it from the best sources and and so on and so forth because um you know i think the last study i read was showing somewhere in the neighborhood of about 60 percent of all the tuna fish out there um that were canned you know canned tuna fish exceeded the, e the epa's uh, level of 0.5 parts per million a safety unit and this was a study done um Gosh, I don't think it was too long ago. Within the last uh, 10 years, I'll uh, try to link it to you guys in the uh, show notes. But um, it basically showed, it was it was basically looking at mercury in three, um, several different types of canned tuna, <laughs> you know, and it basically 60% of it was found to be not awesome. And this was actually, I just, I just found it in my notes here, 2010. So it's, you know, a little older study, but I wouldn't be surprised if we're still having major issues with canned uh, tuna nowadays. And to the point where actually in my own personal dietary preferences, I just stopped eating tuna fish. <laughs> I just stopped altogether. It was just, I just figured the risk was too high and I just, I didn't want to be exposing myself to unhealthy uh, mercury levels through tuna fish when I would prefer to just eat fresh ahi <laughs> or other, you know, fresh wild caught fish that I can get easily in Hawaii, nay, not so easily in the mountains. So I don't eat as much fish out in the mountains, but uh, uh, you got to be aware of it. So if you don't know and you love fish like me, just get your heavy metal levels checked, especially uh, mercury, because you would be surprised. <laughs> your level could be elevated and you may not even know it like our good friend Tony Robbins, until you have an issue. So pay attention. Mercury uh, poisoning is not awesome. 
and it can be avoided. <laughs> and it's out there. It's out there. And fresh fish as well as tuna fish. So you just got to be out there. Um, while we're talking about the heavy metals, we mentioned lead. Uh, arsenic is another one that, uh, you know, everybody knows is toxic, but they don't know that it may be in a lot of different foods out there, in fact, in water supplies. And um, it was actually the reason I stopped eating brown rice. You know, I used to think, heck, you know, brown rice is supposed to be more healthful. Um, and because of the elevated levels in arsenic in many samples that have been done over the last 10 years or so, I just stopped eating brown rice altogether. I just didn't figure it was worth it. Um, I never liked the taste that much of brown rice. <laughs> anyway, I don't eat much rice at all, to be honest, but occasionally I'll eat some um, good quality white rice uh, because, you know, from Hawaii, nay, we love our sticky rice, right? Who doesn't love sticky rice? So I still have it every now and then, but I, I don't eat rice often. And when I do, I just, I just don't eat brown rice anymore. So just be aware it's out there. Arsenic levels can also be um, in the water, right? In the water. And so um, a lot of us may not even be aware, um, especially if we're living in cities where our water table may be more potentially contaminated. Um, and guess what? They might not even tell us. So and while we're talking about heavy metals, you might think about having a good high quality water um, purifier. There's lots of good ones out there. I just bought two big systems, you know, one for the house, one for uh, traveling, uh, the Berkeley brand, because I've just heard lots of great stuff about it. I don't get any kickbacks from them, but um, they are a good trusted brand out there. And you might think about purifying <laughs> your water because there's lots of crap in water that the government and the other folks out there aren't necessarily warning you about. Even stuff like fluoride that's, uh, you know, when I was in school, long touted is so awesome for you, right? I'm a son of a dentist and he was a big believer in fluoride and how it's going to be so awesome for your teeth and all these things. And actually over the years, they found that it's, not actually awesome. <laughs> and so a lot of the water um, has been fluorinated on purpose, which, you know, you know, the initial thought was it was going to reduce cavities and it was going to be healthful. And, and unfortunately, that hasn't been totally <laughs> um, borne out, especially in the recent literature. You know, initially, they always say, oh, it's good for healthy teeth and gums. And but guess what? It's also linked to cancer as well and <laughs> impaired you know, fetal development, also lower IQ scores in kids, like lots of crap that you never heard about with respect to fluoride. Um, it should give you pause. You know, I stopped buying fluoride toothpaste. Um, I paid attention. I got a water purifier, like I said. You know, just be aware. Be aware. Um, you know, if you talk to a dentist that trained 40 years ago or more, like my dad, he'll probably still tell you fluoride is awesome. But in all my recent research, I found the opposite of that, that it's it's not awesome. So <laughs> I've stopped using fluoride tooth toothpaste and I don't want it in my water either. So, you know, make your own decision. If you, you know, um, your review of the data suggests otherwise, you know, it's your choice, but I, I just don't see that in the data that I've looked at. Um, anyway, one of those ubiquitous things for a lot of people because it's just in their water. Another one of those things while we're talking about stuff that may just be around us in our homes that we may be exposed to is our old arch enemy asbestos, right? Me growing up in California, um, basically all of our insulation, all of our ceilings, all of our, you know, popcorn ceilings, if you will, you know, they were chock full of asbestos growing up. And so I'm sure my asbestos exposure was way off the charts as a kid. And, 
And it's not awesome, right? We all have heard of mesothelioma. You know, it's one of these nasty cancers. There's all these lawyer commercials on TV that talk about it. But what I don't like about asbestos is that there's really not enough done um, by our, you know, lawmakers, government, if you will, because there's really no safe level of asbestos. It's just, it's just any level of it is not good for us. <laughs> and it's in the U.S., it's not banned. I mean, although they've, you know, decrease the amount in certain things and they've tried to not use it in, in the ceilings and, and insulation and stuff like that, but it's still being used on so many things, maybe in a lower percentage, but it's being used, you know, like these artificial fireplace logs often contain asbestos. Um, when I was growing up, our, you know, hot pads to take that food out of your oven were full of asbestos, you know. In fact, I remember in chemistry class in high school, my professor touted how awesome this, uh, you know, asbestos, um, uh, like hot pad type things that we used to put on our hands in chemistry class was because it didn't catch on fire. You know, we didn't really know too much about the fact that it was going to cause cancer. Hopefully, hopefully not, but that it could cause cancer, you know, later in life. And so, you know, many of us may have been exposed to asbestos over the years and hopefully now we're just more aware of it and, you know, just pay attention, um, to ingredients and, Things like your how you know insulation, your drywalls, your uh, stuff that they're using in your ceilings. You know, uh, like I said, artificial fireplace logs. There's toys actually that can even include asbestos in them. So it's it's fairly ubiquitous. It's it's unfortunately out there way more often than you would think. And it's as I mentioned, it's not awesome. Um, and it's it's unfortunately too. Uh, omnipresent and ubiquitous out there. So be aware and try to reduce your exposure. Uh, one of the other things I really wanted to talk about is some of these things we're exposed to often without even really knowing it. And these are things that we inhale or breathe. And we all got to breathe. We all breathe every day and many, many, many times a day. And we don't often think about what we're breathing in, especially those of us like me right now that many of my hours of the day are spent indoors recently because, you know, when it's five degrees outside, you can't be outside all day. You know, I go outside, get my fresh air and whatnot, but, but for the most part, my windows are closed <laughs> and I'm, I'm rebreathing a lot of stuff that may not be awesome. So I've started to pay more attention. There's lots of stuff that we use in household products that can be considered what are called volatile organic compounds. You know, they can be in paints, they can be in varnishes, they can be in cleaners, um, disinfectants, all kinds of stuff, hobby products, like all these glues that we might use. Like we do little school projects and we got to pay attention to the types of glues that we're using because we don't have a really well ventilated area, right? We got all our windows closed because it's single digits outside. So we need to pay attention to the stuff that we're using in our cleaning products, right? Because there's all of these, you know, volatile organic compounds that are not awesome. And, uh, you know, I could give you a whole list, uh, name them off. It would bore you to death, but there are so many of these things that they can even be, you know, colorless and, and not as recognizable as we'd like, but, uh, there's a lot safer options out there for household cleaners, you know, just pay attention to the, to the different cleaners that you're using. I mean, honestly, what I've started to clean with a lot is good old-fashioned lemon juice. Lemon juice is awesome for cleaning so many things, and it ain't going to kill you. <laughs> so you'd be surprised. You can Google all the uses of lemon juice and cleaning, and you will be shocked <laughs> at how many things you can clean with, with two items, really, right? There's two 
cleaners I love that are more safe and natural, and that's lemon juice and baking soda. Between those two, you can clean just about anything. <laughs> but the other things you got to be aware of, especially when I'm living in Hawaii, nay, is breathing in a bunch of mold and things like that because it is not awesome. There's all kinds of mold and other, they can be, you know, biologic things that you don't think about, right? Like the the cockroaches and their, you know, decaying parts and things like that that can be, you know, both allergenic and they can be harmful. And, uh, you know, depending on what situation we're living in, when we're in, in a Hawaii, we tend to just keep our windows open. So that's actually a good thing to bring in, um, you know, some uh, fresh air, so to speak, because oftentimes if we're just rebreathing stuff that's in our homes, that's not awesome. If it's mold or mildew or if it's danders, if it's dust mites, if it's, you know, all these kinds of, which may just be biologic things that we could be exposing ourselves to without even thinking of it. You know, most commonly in Hawaii, like I said, it's mold and the danders of uh, all these different awesome insects that we have. Um, so a good HEPA filter, you know, is, is pretty important, you know, change those filters often. That's what I'm doing right now on the mainland. Uh, I got to change my furnace heater uh, filters every month and stuff like that. I, I just pay attention to that much more than I used to because, you know, there's a lot of stuff, even indoor air pollution is a real thing. And I didn't really think about it a few years ago. You know, the outdoor air pollution, I think about, you know, it's like, I don't smoke, I don't hang out with people that smoke, I try not to be around smoke and secondhand smoke and things like that. And my kids are, you know, well aware of the dangers and harms to you know, those sort of toxins that are, are ubiquitous uh, out in our society, the smoking, the vaping, all these kinds of things. But, but we don't often think about the indoor toxins that we may be breathing in, either from our household cleaners or from, you know, the different, uh, like in Hawaii, like I said, the molds or the mildews or the uh, dust mites and things like that. These can be pretty nasty too. And, you know, while I'm speaking of these kinds of inhaled toxins, I'll just briefly mention carbon monoxide because, you know, all homes should have a carbon monoxide detector, especially if you have a heating system and things like that and things go awry. Um, you don't want to be exposed to carbon monoxide because it is deadly. And I've seen people die from it in the ER in my, you know, years, 20 plus years in the ER. And it is odorless and tasteless. You don't know about it, you know, so don't run your car to warm it up in your garage if your garage is closed. I know, I know you might be trying to not get the you know, cold air in and stuff like that, but not a good idea. If you're going to be running your car in the garage, that garage has got to be open, you know, stuff like that. You know, if you have an older vehicle, you know, you should probably check the carbon monoxide levels inside your cab of your vehicle while the vehicle's running, because a lot of those older cars aren't well insulated against uh, the carbon monoxide and that's in combustion and that's in all vehicles uh, other than if you have a 100% electric vehicle, right? So carbon monoxide, it's deadly, it's odorless, it's colorless. Um, you can be exposed to it without even knowing it. Be careful, be cautious, and just get the simple carbon monoxide detector. They're so affordable, and they may save your life. Um, all right, we're getting down, <laughs> getting down to the end here, guys. I hope I've kept your attention. There's so many things that we can learn about things to avoid that are so common in our environment. Um, one thing I have to mention is just pesticides, right? They're almost ubiquitous nowadays. There's, you know, in these GMO plants that are out there, they are resistant to the pesticides that they're spraying all over the place. Um, you know, the most common, I think we've all heard of the glyphosates, right? The classic roundups and things like that. And a lot of our foods may have this stuff in them. And, you know, 
the food that will have less of it is the organic stuff. But sometimes organic fields are right next to commercial fields and they're getting sort of the side spray, you know, of this stuff. So I would still always recommend, you know, washing your fruits and vegetables, even if they're organic, still wash them off. This Roundup stuff, you know, the glyphosates are just nasty, nasty stuff. I was just reading an article this week, in fact, on its super deleterious, you know, harmful effects on the mitochondria, you know, which are our powerhouses. There's all kinds of issues with the glyphosates, even though the government says they're safe. I think that's political. I don't think that's actual or factual because I've, I've done tons of reading on the glyphosates and I'm trying to avoid them like the plague. So organic, please, if at all possible, buy organic, locally grown, pesticide-free, but still wash and rinse all of your food products because they could be getting some side spray from other fields or who knows what, packaged with, with not awesome things. And so just always, 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 always rinse your foods because you just never know. Unless you're growing them yourself and you're 100% aware of everything that's ever been on them, then then, you know, sort of the eating dirty part is cool, right? Because you grew it in your garden, you've used organics and, you know, organic fertilizers or whatever you've used and nothing that's um, chemical and toxic, you know, hopefully you've had, you know, if you do your own healthful garden, you're not even using any kind of fertilizer. But if you do, um, organic matter, not chemical matter would be preferable. But, you know, simple things we can do just to round it off, um, is just paying attention, right? Start reading the labels. Um, try to pay attention to what's in things like toothpaste and cosmetics and um, lip balms and sunscreens and whatnot. Just read the labels, just like as you would generally for the stuff that you put in your mouth. You're reading the label. Read the label to the stuff you're putting on your skin and in your hair and the hair dyes and all that too. And, you know, with respect to food, try to, uh, if at all possible, purchase organics, right? We talked about organic food preferentially because it's hopefully going to be pesticide free, hopefully, but still wash it. Um, always opt for the wild caught fish, not the farm raise. The farm raise is almost always cheaper, but it can be higher levels of the PCBs that we talked about, higher levels of mercury. So just pay attention to the sourcing, you know, your meats, always pay attention to the sourcing, try to, you know, not buy the highly processed meats because they can be full of garbage. Um, plastic containers, try to avoid them. You know, the phthalates, the BPAs that we've talked about. Just try to use glass, glass whenever possible. <laughs> and, you know, remember to filter your air at home, change your filters, use a HEPA filter, change them once a month, you know, these kinds of things. One thing I forgot to mention, which is cool, is is have some plants in your home, right? Plants in the window is what we always had growing up. And we try to do some plants from time to time because they can, even in a cold area, they can grow with some sunlight through the window and they will actually help filter your air too. So I know it sounds a little cheesy, you know, not the plastic plants. They're not going to do the trick and they're probably going to be full of allergens and plastics and chemicals you want to avoid. But real plants in the home is kind of a cool thing. <laughs> and then the filtration, we talked about this with our water, right? We want to avoid toxic exposures coming in with filtering of both our air and our water. Watch out for things like lead and fluoride in the water supply because you may not even know it. <laughs> and then, you know, with our cleaning products, try to avoid the toxic stuff. Try to use the environmentally conscious and human safe stuff like a lot of lemon juice and, uh, you know, good old fashioned uh, baking soda, right? And then just when you're buying other products, make sure that they're not full of the harmful chemicals that I mentioned. <laughs> Oh boy. Anything else, you know, don't smoke if at all possible, try to avoid smoke and, and try to, you know, not be exposed to those, you know, hazardous chemicals and carcinogens. And if you do smoke, uh, get some help. It's, uh, 
easy. It's free. You can call the 1-800-QUIT-NOW. They can give you all kinds of free products like nicotine patches and things to help you quit. And it'll be the best health choice that you can do this year if you smoke. And also, you'll save a buttload of money. (laughs) So if you do smoke, please, 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 please get help to quit. You'll be so grateful for it. And, um, you know, don't forget, last thing, don't forget about that other toxin that's out there that we don't often think about. And that's the EMF, right? We got to reduce our EMF exposure. And that's a whole podcast in and of itself. So I won't belabor it, but, you know, simple things you can do is, you know, try to get your phone on airplane mode as much as possible when you don't need to be responding to uh, messages and things from the outside world. You know, at night, I used to have to leave my phone on always because I was the chief of the ER for over a decade. And so my phone was always on. Oh, I'm so grateful now I can turn my phone off at night and I keep my phone away from my bedside nightstand. You know, I used to for many years keep it on my nightstand and that's just the way it was. And I'm sure I got way too many EMF exposures. And so I try to keep my phone away from the bed. I try to power it down um, or have it on airplane mode as much as possible. Um, you know, simple things like that is, uh, it's not hard and it's going to help you. So anyway, that's it for today. I hope you guys got some value out of that. I just think that we just need to pay more attention to our exposures because unfortunately there's lots of common toxins out there that we don't even think about. You know, I think we're starting to get some awareness on things like the plastics, the BPAs, but you know, often we're not thinking about our water quality, our air quality, the heavy metals that are in fish sometimes, the mercuries, the leads out there, all kinds of chemicals that we could potentially be either consuming or putting on our skin, cosmetics, sunscreens, which was an issue for me, all these other things that we didn't always think about but can be not only endocrine disruptors, hormonal disruptors, but maybe even carcinogenic and just not awesome for us. So just take a fresh look at you and your exposures, the skin and hair care products you use, your toothpaste, you know, what kind of quality uh, air you have in your home, your vehicle, um, and, you know, try to reduce, reuse, recycle, and use glass if at all possible. So that's it for today, guys. So thankful for you. Love you guys. Can't wait to... uh, share more um check me out online modern medicine movement podcast aloha surf doc on instagram as well shoot me an email modern medicine movement podcast at gmail.com and please 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 share share and share alike love you guys and a big aloha